right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we are here with episode number 31, dropping on December 8th of 2021. Uh, we're going to be recapping our crazy week number 13, and we're going to be preparing for what is our final week of the regular season of the fantasy football season, week number 14. So seems pretty crazy that we're already preparing ourselves for uh, for uh, pretty darn close here to the playoffs, but uh, uh, we'll say hello to the fellas here before we get her started. Let's, uh, let's say hello to uh, Zach first. We were missing him last week, so we'll get his voice out here nice and quick off the, <laughs> off the hop. Zach, what's going on? Uh, it's happy to be back. Took, uh, took last week off to take care of some stuff, but happy to be back. Congratulations there, Jor. I'm sure it was a very exciting day yesterday seeing the Detroit Lions <laughs> finally get a get a win put oh, a number man. there in the win column so that's what, happy uh, for you what a what a day the the worst part was uh in our pools we were perfect so we needed the lines to lose in the pools i said box it i said box it didn't want to uh so i was like all right lines let's lose let's do what we do best here let's <laughs> lose but found a way to break my heart on my own team so uh the pools was a chance to win a little bit of money on the lines loss and the vikings win but uh suck it armand i'll take uh, i'll take the w <laughs> i was doing some grocery shopping yesterday Gross. and uh just as i was pulling into the store that game was on the the radio and it was that last drive and it was probably the last four or five plays of the game and uh it was the detroit broadcast and they were just out of their mind excited it's as if they won the goddamn Super Bowl. That's what I was going to say. If you watch that <laughs> sideline reaction, like golf absolutely coming unglued and Campbell's headset is flying. They're jumping into each other. It's like, it's like, holy shit, did we swim in the NFC North here? Like what's, what's going on? Like we're going to the Super Bowl here. <laughs> no, not so much. We just got our first win in 15 weeks, but we'll, we'll, uh, it was we'll like take... 364 days, I think. Yeah. Hey, at least it wasn't a full year. Could be worse. Could be worse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and the uh, the man of the Vikings, the big L of the week, Armin Schellenberg. What's going on? It's been keeping you busy. Oh, uh, I was coaching basketball this weekend. First tournament in Yorkton. Uh, went all right. You know, uh, it was our team is uh, is a fun team to be around, and they uh, they have those intangibles that you can't coach. So. Uh, the other coach and I are pretty excited about what we can do with that team once we start uh, actually being able to to put some stuff together that uh, you can coach. Absolutely. And another on another a fantasy season, football eh? note, because of this busy weekend coaching basketball, I missed out on some trade opportunities in Dynasty at a trade deadline here. I uh, didn't even look at the app until it was too late. And when I checked my email, I saw there was some that, came through but then they were gone from the app because trade deadline passed and then i forgot to play a qb because uh jalen hurts was injured um i didn't uh, get him in one of my or i have him in one of my leagues and i forgot to to check that one because i i uh, didn't uh kind of skipped your mind when you have seven leagues and you're coaching all in one weekend so um That's, uh... zach might reap the benefits of that but <laughs> i hate I to say it i think you might win, win that one that. yeah yeah, that ended up My happening. Late to games me during, were just stinkers. That, that ended up happening during the cross season. You get going, and all of a sudden, those you have a game at eleven or whatever it is, and 
all of a sudden there's a last minute out and you you're literally in the middle of playing. So it's like, well, you're not looking at your phone and then the game's over and it's like, Oh crap. I've got two guys that are out to my lineup or whatever. Oh yeah. It's, it's a nightmare, but I mean, it's still gonna, still gonna work out for you there. I'm just looking like in our one league, my, um, my brother-in-law, he, he started uh, Melvin Gordon by accident. Didn't realize it didn't take him on his lineup. He still scored like 148 points in the league that all three of us are in. It's like, Oh man, <laughs> without Debo, without, literally with without one spot in his lineup he's still putting up points not not what you want to see for us competing for a play well maybe not so much Armin, but for me and zach competing for a playoff spot here i think i with the w this week i locked up a uh, first round buy so i'm pretty pretty excited about that one but then that same league you're talking about Armin, the the one you're trying to make some moves at the deadline i was i went into this week i was like i'm a seller christian mccaffrey owner i'll sell i'll sell the farm i'll rebuild couldn't get anybody to buy any of my like pretty good players. Nobody wanted to buy. So they, oh, never, I'll be a buyer and I'll flip my roster, flip my roster pretty quick. But all of a sudden I'm going to compete and contend. I was first place in that league and I was going to sell out and just rebuild, but not so much. We'll see what happens here, especially as we're entering the playoff season. But a um, little bit, uh, we talk about this is going to be our last regular season week here. So We'll be we'll be gearing everybody up. This this will be our last regular season episode, and next week we'll be preparing ourselves for the fantasy playoffs. So hopefully, everybody, whatever you need this week, fingers crossed. If you need a win to get you in, hopefully that happens. But we'll uh, we'll give you a little bit of advice here, and hopefully that helps you get over the hump. But one last thing before we get insiders and headliners, we talked about it on the last episode, the uh, playoff charity previews here. So when it gets into the NFL playoffs, not the fantasy playoffs. We're going to be doing a couple little um, little ideas, some sneak previews we talked about. Uh, so if that's something that's going to be tickling your fancy, something that you'll be interested in, uh, feel free to reach out to us on our socials. Might be able to drop a couple hints on the socials as we progress throughout the NFL season here. But uh, prepare yourself. We have two big ones. Uh, one is uh, we'll, we'll, we'll give you a hint. It's to do with the Super Bowl. And the other one is something else to do with the playoffs. So, so uh, keep, your, keep your eyes peeled on our socials for that and a chance to win some awesome signed memorabilia and be a part of a, a good cause for charity. So um, we'll get ourselves going here and we'll start uh, Insiders and Headliners. So Insiders and Headliners this week, we've got uh, some big things and, and a, couple, um, a couple littler ones that we'll, we'll talk about here. So the first one uh, we'll talk about is from the – uh, afternoon game yesterday uh, we're recording here on the monday so the afternoon game of sunday Kenyon drake running back from the las vegas raiders um split timeshare here between Kenyon drake and josh jacobs Kenyon drake has a broken ankle so is out for the season and i think you saw josh jacobs reap the rewards there uh last night and he had himself quite a little quite a good night there but is that something that we can anticipate you guys do you think josh jacobs is going to turn into a bell cow here or do you think other uh, other running backs are going to sneak their way in there because i know there was a few few head scratcher signings there uh from the raiders that earlier in the season but do you think he's just going to continue carrying the load or is it going to continue somebody next guy up to carry the timeshare well it'd be nice if it was just uh josh jacobs and uh it was just nice and easier fantasy owners to take that uh the guy that was drafted in the first round uh in the nfl draft in the first round and a guy that would have been probably a top three round pick in your fantasy draft and, and just ride him off into the sunset for the playoffs. That'd be nice, but you never know with the Raiders. Yeah. Organization that makes you scratch your head. What were you thinking there, Armin? <laughs> what were you thinking? You know, 
I I'm gonna have faith that uh, Josh Jacobs takes it for the the season here. He looked good. He was catching the ball. He was doing everything he could to get yards for the Raiders. And you know, with a uh, new head coach in town rather than Gruden. Gruden. Um, anyways, uh, old Johnny Boy was was the weird one in that whole organization. It seems so. Um, hopefully, it's uh. The weird things have stopped, and you see uh, a bell cow out of Jacobs finally. You always know Jalen Rashard's going to find a way to get, into, <laughs> get in there. It uh, never fails. One of the least surprising things, though, would be if uh, if Peyton Barber just yep. became like a goal line vulture yep. that just sucked up like three touchdowns here in the next couple of weeks. That's a oh. guy in best ball you want to add on your rosters, man. I'll tell you. Yeah, that'd be heartbreaking because it's not like Jacobs is a slouch in the goal line. But no, he just, man, he just finds a way just to be a guy. You know, like every year, I think his hopes get bigger and bigger, and then you get more and more disappointed every single year. And it's just like, if you were a bell cow, if there's nobody else stealing your touches, everybody'd be happy. But you look at his numbers year in year out, and it's like you're, you're just a pretty good running back. Like you're a steady running back, but. I mean, you can find steady running backs without the round two draft capital. I think you have to produce to, to pick them up, but we'll see yeah, what happens here. This, this might be an opportunity to uh, really, really solidify himself in that role. And then we'll see what happens to his draft stock as we enter into next season. So um, Logan Thomas, uh, tight end. He's been out for most of the season, tight end from uh, the Washington football team, been out for most of the season, uh, came back, was right into everybody's lineups, ready to go. Logan Thomas. Um, the reports was that they figured it was a severe ACL MCL injury, which would have put him obviously uh, a season ender, but the test came back and it looks like it's not as serious as they anticipated. The ACL came back negative. Now we're finding out to wait, see what happens about the MCL. Uh, the report was that there's a chance he could play again this season. I, I think for fantasy purposes, he's done, uh, especially as we're looking into the playoffs, he will not be back in the next week or two here. Uh, so if you are a tight end streamer, I, I'm thinking Rick, Ricky Seals Jones, pick him up. I know he did have a little bit of an injury stint there as well, too. I think it was a concussion, if I remember correctly. But I think that's a that's a guy that you can lean on if you're uh, if you're a streamer for sure. You might be able to uh, pick up Ricky Seals Jones and and throw him into your lineup because I, I know there's a lot worse tight ends that you can pick up and put in your lineups. And, and Washington, they're on a they're on a bit of a heater right now and they're looking to make a playoff push, especially against the Cowboys this week. This is a, this could be a big turning point for against the division leading uh cowboys so it's a, it's a big week so they're going to be looking for for some offense for some players so it might not be the worst guy to be throwing in your lineup does uh does curtis samuel coming back scare you at all there um I, curtis I, samuel was the big money guy yeah um to start the offseason he was one of the first receivers off the board uh this offseason he was you know kind of their prized acquisition and he's been hurt since training camp and that's kind of his, that's kind of his MO is that uh, short to intermediate area where just get the ball in his hands and, and let him produce after the catch. Do you think he might have a bigger impact than say Ricky Seals Jones? You know what? I'm going to pull up his snaps here for one second, just because he has been, I got to check his snaps from this past week. I'm going to pull him up here real quick, but um, he was on a snap count because of that groin injury because he re-aggravated it when he came back. So it does a little bit, I guess, uh, to the point where I'm like, mm, you know what, he could fill that role. But I think that's a situation where it's going to be eased in. And I mean, you could do a lot worse with tight end stream starts uh, compared to a guy like Ricky Seals Jones that 
uh, was getting quite a bit of targets. I know he had a really great week uh, six where he ended up getting 13.8 points. Um, yep. And after that, he had quite a bit of targets, but I'm going to look up here if I can find him. Curtis Samuel snaps. Like 0.3 points. Yeah, he didn't. Um, what do you have? One target, one reception for negative one points. Uh, I can't find exactly how many targets. Were. Is it? Oh, one, one target, and I can't find how many snaps. But um, 30% of the snaps. So if, if he's healthy, then I, I agree with you, Zach. But as of right now, I don't know if he if he's going to be going in there and, and stealing all those snapshots. One one name that I have been kind of watching what a bit, I mean, it's not like you're going to pick him up and play him, but Humphreys finds his way to get pick up three, four targets uh, last couple of weeks here too. So, I mean, they might be sharing the ball around, but for if you're a streaming tight end guy, Ricky Seals-Jones, he could do a lot worse, I think, but. Yeah, Humphreys has come on strong. He's I watched the last uh, bit of that game last night, and in that final drive alone, when uh, Heineke was marching the field for the uh, football team there, he probably had three receptions. It seemed like, right. and, and and like you said, they're not uh, they're not big plays or nothing. But think Hunter Renfro, think like a Danny Amendola back in the day, somebody that's just running those quick outs, those. Uh, divide concepts, just getting the ball in their hands and picking up first downs. Well, he had that big year with, was it Tennessee? And then, yeah, and then that's where he ended up getting signed into Washington with uh, um, on a little bit of decent money, I should say for him. I had him and uh, I had that DeAndre Carter and they're both from Washington. So I had them both on my roster. I'm thinking, ah, Carter's a little bit younger. Might be able to so I ended up dropping Humphreys and keeping that Carter in our best ball league. And, now it's looking like the wrong decision. It's like you said, Humphrey's been coming on strong as of late here. But I mean, there's uh there's targets are gonna have to go around somewhere with like you talked about a little bit nicked up Curtis Samuel, but we'll see if he gets healthy. That might be a might be a, a mute point at that point. But um talking so about with Curtis Samuel to take into account is him taking away from the RBs too, because they'll line him up in the backfield and and taking those like dump off routes as well. Yeah, for sure. Especially with um with losing uh, JD McKissick too, you're I don't think they're full commit to um, for Gibson with with what his injury history has been so far this season as well too. So something definitely to monitor. Be you have to be a uh, uh, pretty pretty confident person to be throwing uh, Samuel in your starting lineup in playoffs in two weeks, but he's gonna have to show it pretty pretty good this week. But we'll see what happens. Uh, talking about sharing of uh, snap counts here, Adam Thielen sprained ankle. I'm I'm expecting him to miss one week for sure um what's going to happen with that we'll see what happens because uh there's a couple young wide receivers coming out of uh minnesota there i know it was osborne and uh what was the other one there armin young receiver uh, uh westbrook's there now too uh there's the uh, i'll try to think with the other one there was a draft pick two years ago but escaping my brain treadwell uh no this new treadwell's he's a couple now there's a younger, younger wide receiver they drafted two years ago that they thought was going to step in there. I think it was a third rounder, but I think they drafted somebody this year out of Iowa. Escaping my brain right now. There's like a Colin Johnson or something. I think for some reason I had in my head, but regardless, um, Thielen's going to be missing some time here. I mean, that's, it's not going to change much. Thielen is the number two option, but there's going to be some vacated targets that are going to have to go somewhere. So you might be able to find a little bit of fantasy value there in, in Minnesota. So I know what uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to pull it up here. What was the uh, what was that? Uh, was it Osborne that came on strong at the start of the season? Yeah, Osborne. He was a waiver wire uh, darling, so you might be able BB. to. Uh, so uh, yeah, BB. There you go. That's what he's I'm on IR. Oh, so yeah, disregard. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't pick him up. But 
Uh, uh, the other names are Westbrook, Chesina, Emir Smith, Marset. I think yeah, he's the rookie uh, he for might Iowa. be the guy. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. So there's gonna be that's that's a team I'm I'm interested in watching here. Not, I mean, you're gonna have to have some confidence. You're gonna have to like, call your shot in the waiver wires here, but. If you can find somebody that's going to step into that number two role, like Kirk Cousins has been airing the ball surprisingly uh, quite a bit this year to, to my chagrin because I, I put my foot in my mouth there. I expected the, the regression from him, but he's been airing it out quite a bit this season. So if you can find that number two role now, is it going to be Tyler Conklin? Uh, he's, been, uh, he's been a red zone target favorite of Kirk Cousins this season. So like talking about uh, streaming tight end, that might be the – guy that steps into that role but something to definitely monitor as you're right now when the waiver wire is on the little bit on the thin side as you're progressing into the uh, playoff playoff campaign so um a couple more Corey davis was uh looking like he might be day-to-day week-to-week with that re-aggravated groin injury uh they're shutting him down here now he's gonna have core muscle surgery to repair that groin injury so his season is over uh trey sermon uh, running back from the San Francisco 49ers has been placed on IR. So he'll miss for sure. Three weeks uh, talking about missing three weeks here, Antonio Brown, for sure. He's <laughs> missed last. What has it been? Six weeks, seven weeks with that injury. Now he's going to miss for sure. Three more uh, to do with a suspension coming from his COVID violations. Um, I'm sure it's to do with the speculations and the rumors that came about that he had faked his vaccination cards or received a fake vaccination card. But uh, so he'll be out for three weeks um Tyson Hill uh torn tendon in his finger whether he continues to play or not, he played with the torn finger but we talked about this a little bit I think was it Zach and I when we were missing armor there two weeks ago three weeks ago Taysom Hill the cheat code a little bit starting quarterback he ended up rushing for 100 I think it was 120 yards he rushed for that Thursday nighter um if you can get him in your lineup see what happens with that uh, torn finger but do you still have the confidence to put him in your lineup even if he's uh if he's going to play through this injury uh, there, Zach, or just, just relying on the legs, or what do you figure? I mean, the good news is he threw four interceptions and he's still hung <laughs> like 20-some-odd points on me in a couple <laughs> leagues. So you don't need all your, your tendons in your fingers if you're Jason Hill. Yeah, just as need long as legs. you can hold on to the football and run, Yeah, that's, that's where you're making your money. So Cheat codes. Yeah. <laughs> Talking I mean, about that was somebody like that was somebody like a Trevor Simeon. Forget about it because he's he's got to throw the ball. Yeah, Jason Hill is just gonna run the ball more, which is probably what you want, anyways. Yeah, the design QB sweeps or whatever else they can chalk up for him. Um, talking about another quarterback here, Tyrod Taylor. The reports was that he was benched, but uh, it's also coming out now that he potentially has a torn ligament in his left wrist. So his availability for the rest of the season here is in question. Uh, it's poor already, guy. He's already listed as doubtful for this week, so it'll be a rookie campaign coming in. Uh, I don't think it's going to matter all that much in this in this game here, but uh, that yeah, like you talk about Tyrod Taylor, just that guy just can't catch a break, whether it's his own own injuries or whether it's the trainer's <laughs> forced injuries. <laughs> that that poor guy just just can't catch a break. But um, a couple other ones here to get through, and then we'll start getting to some of our content. Julio Jones has been designated off the IR, so his availability is potential here for this upcoming week, uh, but he also might be available in for your playoff pushes, uh, especially without A.J. Brown. They definitely need somebody to step up and take some of those targets, so that is a little bit interesting, whether you have the gusto to be able to put him into your starting lineup in the playoffs right off the IR or not, but uh, piece of news regardless. 
And then this one just came across our desk just as we were getting ready to uh, ready to drop here. Keenan Allen has been placed on the COVID-19 list. Um, I do not have in front of me whether he is vaccinated or not. So if he is unvaccinated, he will be out for sure for two weeks, um, whether this is a false positive or what it may be. Uh, if he's vaccinated, the rules are a little bit different than whether you are vaccinated. Um, so this one is something that we'll continue to monitor and might be able to put out some information on our socials here after we drop on Keenan Allen's uh, availability. But uh, Keenan Allen has been placed on the COVID-19 IR. So that's another one where vacated targets with an elite offense. What do you, uh, who do you think is going to step up and take the load there? Or is it just going to be those vacated targets go to uh, more of the Mike Williams and the uh, Austin Ecklers of the world? Yeah, you got to imagine it would be uh, Williams and Eckler. Maybe you see like a few more targets to, to Palmer, but not all of Keenan Allen's targets to Palmer. We talked about if there's an injury that uh, Palmer might be able to step up, then we're, we're more hinting at the Mike Williams injuries. But knock uh -huh. on wood here, Williams, I don't know if he's going to miss any time this year. We've already... We've already had our one injury prone guy finally finally miss the miss a week here, which was uh, Curtis or not Curtis Samuels or Debo Samuel. But we'll see if Mike Williams can survive a whole season. That game yesterday, it was a blast to watch. That was probably the most fun I've had watching a non Patriot game in a quite a while. <laughs> it was two like pretty pretty strong offenses going back and forth, turning the ball over scoring points it was a lot of fun um one guy that did surprise me was uh guyton the yeah. receiver for the chargers get a nice td uh, there yeah he went up to get that catch yeah very impressive um so if they have they have some depth there at receiver but it wouldn't shock me if they did spread the ball around uh between like you guys mentioned eckler williams and uh, jared cook we um we've had some really down weeks of of football this last little bit. So it was a this was a fun week to watch football because there was a lot of points put up this last week. So it finally got a little bit of entertainment, especially from the fantasy football perspective. Like I don't know if you looked at the, some of the scores in the leagues, there's big numbers put up everywhere. Either you're like possibly franchise record setting high points for your team, or like you just didn't put up anything. Like you just <laughs> just had had a bit of a bust week. But yeah, it was it was a fun week for fantasy players. That's for sure. Um, might as well is a good segue for us into our weekly recap. So studs and duds. I really, really wanted to go back to back weeks with Javante Williams. Cause I wanted to take that victory lap so damn hard, but I'm going to pass up on it. Cause I got to go with one of my boys, probably the only time this year I'm going to be able to uh, take a victory <laughs> lap on the Lions. So, uh, my, my stud of the week is rookie wide receiver, Amonra St. Brown from the Detroit lions. So, Probably the only time I'm going to be able to get to do this, but he put up 19.8 points, 10 receptions on 12 targets, 86 yards, and one TD. But that one TD was on fourth and two and on with three seconds left in the fourth quarter to win the first week, first win of the Detroit Lions season. The Detroit Lions campaign of the 2021 season was in the hands of rookie wide receiver Amonra St. Brown. So my stud of the week, and close to my heart for the remainder of this week is Amonra St. Brown, <laughs> rookie sensation. I'm getting on pristine auctions. I'm going to try and find myself an Amonra St. Brown jersey. It's uh, I'm going all in right now because it's been a tough year, boys. It's been a real tough year. So <laughs> go let's, let's put some eggs in the rookie basket. So 
Uh, that's my stud of the week. Zach, let's, uh, let's hear yours. So uh, I was surprised that you didn't pick up Javante Williams. So I thought I would hop on the bandwagon. Um, Williams put up 26.8 points. Um, rushing yards, pretty, pretty good, but not great. 102 rushing yards. But the part that really stood out and the part that if this continues is going to make him a very valuable fantasy asset was the six receptions for 76 receiving yards and a touchdown. This is, think of somebody along the lines of like an Austin Eckler that can get you rock solid uh, rushing potential, but also sky high receiving potential. Um, I don't know if this is something that we can necessarily count on uh, for the fantasy playoffs, especially if Gordon comes back for the Broncos. But uh, the hyperbole on Twitter the past couple of days has been outrageous. Uh, People saying, Javante Williams, uh, top four dynasty back. Javante Williams, first round fantasy redraft pick next year. Um, at the time, I was like, this is this is nutsos. But uh, after that game and this stat line, if that continues, that very well might be a realistic outlook for him for next season. You you just took words out of my mouth that I wanted to ask you because those, those <laughs> are the things that I'm hearing, I'm seeing constantly. And I will take it back that me and Armin both had talked about in our pre-draft rankings that we were considering Javante Williams over Najee Harris as a rookie prospect. Yeah. So this was something that fantasy Twitter was just itching for. They wanted no Melvin Gordon for a week so they can see is Williams the guy. And I've talked about on the pod a couple of weeks in a row where it's like try and buy low because you're not going to be able to. Our dynasty, our big money dynasty trade deadline was Sunday morning. And we tried to get him, tried to get him. We had a deal locked up. Somebody else sent a better offer. Our offer fell through. And I'm like, we're never getting them. You're never getting them because it's going to happen. And oh my God, it happened in such a big what way. What were you guys going to pay for Williams? Um, we, like I was willing to go all in. Like I was willing to sell the farm because I believed in the talent and I believed in the offense. And also if they add a quarterback, that offense is going to be nuclear. Um, so we had a deal lined up that it was going to be our first which if we sell out, it was going to be like a probably 106, maybe 107-ish. Uh, we also had Tyler Lockett in there. Uh, so that was like the offer that the guy asked for. So I'm like, Tyler Lockett in the first for Javante Williams with where I stand with him, this is a no-brainer. I think we weaseled in when um, we were going to get into Keel Harry back with it too. So it was like, see Slam what happens. Yeah, see what happens with him. Anytime you can get Nikhil team. Harry for a first-round pick, you got to take it. <laughs> so we, we had that penciled in, sent, sent, sealed, and delivered, ready to go. And then he goes, oh, you know, I got a better offer. I'm like, well, it doesn't surprise me because to me that's not enough for Williams. For on paper before this game, it might have been. Now if you offer that for Williams now, you're going to get scoffed at. But I've been saying for a while, like, will I see Javante Williams as Ezekiel Elliott 2.0. Like he's got that body style he's a hard runner with great balance and he's got pretty good hands so if 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 um if he's the lone guy there next year he's a first rounder no-brainer i think i mean you, you take a victory lap off one week but if there's no melvin gordon this week against detroit Lions, imagine what he's gonna put up like yeah he's, he's gonna absolutely dunk on him <laughs> it's gonna be terrible <laughs> what, um, did, what did he here's another he, oh, he, didn't, he didn't trade him he didn't trade him actually oh so the, the better deal was him keeping them. I well, I'm assuming so. He's like, yeah, I got a better deal, and then all of a sudden the deadline passed. I'm like, I didn't see an offer. I didn't see it go through. So I message him. I'm like, well, what was the offer? And he goes, oh, it just the negotiations fell through. 
So I'm like, well, you could have told us that because I would have put more into this offer. Like I was willing to go all in on him. Um, would have let you keep Nikhil Harry. Expect, yeah, exactly. Especially <laughs> losing CMC. Like we could have, in my mind, Javante was going to be a league winner, like potentially down the line if Melvin Gordon misses time. Now, who knows how serious Melvin Gordon's injury is here, right? But like you said, if Melvin comes back, it's going to be a 50-50 split, I can only imagine, or at least they're going to run Melvin into the ground because I don't think he's coming back next year. Uh, I've talked about that a couple of times in the last episode, but man, oh man, I'm glad I drafted him in the sixth round in our keeper league, boys. I am licking my chops. <laughs> man, you you hit him right before I was about to in that keeper league. Oh, Ooh. the value was just too good. Here's the thing also about Javante that uh, you have to remember too, is he shared a backfield in college. So he doesn't have a ton of touches to his name. So um, that might help him later on in his NFL career. Once uh, some other backs have started breaking down already, he might still be going strong. Yeah. Somehow I weasel my way in the one dynasty league that we're all into like, that I consider my home league, the league that I'm commission. Somehow I weaseled my way of getting Javante and Najee in that league. And that was when I had, was it the 105? I'm trying to remember correctly. And then the guy was trying to him and haw between Javante and, um, oh, shoot, that Travis Chase. Etienne. And he ended up oh, taking yeah. Travis Etienne. He, had, he got Chase. And then you went Pitts. Yeah. And then he was going to go Etienne or Harris. Or Etienne or uh, Javante, sorry. And I'm in my head, I'm like, please. <laughs> please take etn so i can take javante so I, I had javante rated higher but i knew i knew harris wasn't going to get to 105 so i took harris 105 and then ended up getting javante or sorry I took harris at 101 and got javante at 105 and whole man i was just now i'm taking my victory lap and i'm hoping that he's the, i'm just hoping he's going to be the the bell count next season but there's still a full off season to happen where, where anything's possible but anyhow i've taken enough time i've of absolutely salivating over Javante Williams. Well, we'll get to Armin's uh, stud of the week. Yeah, we're going to have to rename this Javante Williams fantasy football. <laughs> um, <laughs> my stud of the week this week is a guy that is, uh, he single-handedly probably beat me um, in a league where I'm playing the last place guy because he just went off this week, and that's George Kittle. So far, the half-point PPR leader on the week at 36.1 points, nine receptions for 181 yards and two touchdowns, and then he even added a carry for five yards in there. Um, George Kittle, is he back, guys? Well, the funny thing is, George Kittle was never known as a touchdown guy. I guess career high is five touchdowns, I think, in a season. Maybe four. I might, I might have to vet that, but I'm pretty sure it's five. Um, so he's not known as a touchdown guy. And all of a sudden you put up two in one game, like you're going to break your season high touchdowns if you're putting up that. But hold on, like uh, if you invested in him and, and you were a little bit disappointed with the injury, but George Kittle, he's, he did the same thing last year. I think he missed eight weeks and then he came back and all of a sudden put up a 45-point week that's the first week back. So he, he's dynamic. He doesn't have to rely on the touchdowns, but when you get them, they're, uh, they're a nice contributor, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, Zach, let's listen reiterate again uh, how much did you have to pay for him in dynasty again <laughs> i think kittle might have been a throw-in <laughs> like, unbelievable it was yeah it was kittle lamar and a first and it was really it was tough to give away des bryant and marcus mariota but <laughs> i had to do it oh uh, what a world eh what a world <laughs> um 
Okay, I'll uh, I'll hit off the duds here, and this one sucks because uh, I was really high on this player, partially because of uh, the age, the talent, the athleticism, but the fact that he had a quarterback coming in this season that's willing to air the ball out. Um, Fitzpatrick got hurt. That was kind of the end of that, um, my high hopes, I would say. He's had good weeks, but he's doing a real Tyler Lockett impression where he has those really big weeks, and then he has some really bad weeks, and that's, that's wide receiver from the Washington football team, Terry McLaurin. I don't know if I can start him. I put him in here because I wanted a bit of a discussion and to hear you guys' thoughts, but I have some pretty good wide receivers and some up-and-coming receivers like Van Jefferson, uh, Devonta Smith, where I'm just plugging and playing Terry McLaurin because the name value and he can have those big weeks. But as of late, he's been hurting me more than he's been helping me because that Washington football team is spreading the ball around like we talked about. And uh, Terry McLaurin is obviously getting the, the top-end uh, cornerbacks and DBs that are covering him. But this week, 3.7 points on five targets, three receptions for 22 yards is a pretty big stinker. And if you're pushing for the playoffs and you're pushing for a title like I am in that league, you you can't you can't take the 3.7s. Those are going to kill you, especially when you can get the big weeks from other players. Maybe it might be worth going safe. But what are uh, what are you doing with Terry McLaurin? Like I own him in about your, I bet you four or five leagues, and it's been uh, like you said, it's. Like I mentioned a bit, it was the Tyler Lockett show this season with, with Terry McLaurin, but it's been uh, rather disappointing. I think you hit the nail on the head there with the Tyler Lockett comparison. Looking at his stats, um, it's been eight points, 22 points, eight points, 27 points, six points, four points, 22 points, five, eight, 18, seven, and three. Um, it is, it is, it would be difficult to start him with any type of confidence. Um but it's kind of like, like I have Lockett in a couple of leagues and, and you just, every time you put them out there, you're, you're rolling the dice and you're hoping that you're going to get that 21 point or that 18 point week and not the five point or the eight point week. So um, if you do have a better option or somebody that's been hot lately, like let's say you have like an Elijah Moore sitting on your bench, um, I would probably do that with confidence, but I'm not going to go find a guy off waivers and uh, put him in over McLaurin. Yeah. It's the, mm-hmm. it's, we, we talked about this at draft season, I think if I remember correctly, but it's the emotional investment you get like Tyler Lockett, you draft him what a fifth, sixth round, probably yeah. McLaurin, third, fourth round. So with a little bit extra draft capital, you, your expectations of the name value, the draft capital, you want bigger, better things. And it's hard to take those guys out of your starting lineups. Like I'm going to talk about a little bit later in my sits of the week. Right now is where you have to make the tough decisions, and those tough decisions could win you championships. Just because you drafted a guy in the fourth round doesn't mean he's plugged in your lineup. Like, I can't imagine too many guys are starting Mike Davis week in, week out, but he was a fifth-round draft pick. Yeah. you got to make those tough decisions. Draft value at this time of the season doesn't really matter, and big-name values doesn't really matter. you got to look at who's hot, who's getting the targets, and who's going to be able to put you up points in those big weeks. Tyler Lockett, I mean, depending on your structure of your roster, he's the kind of guy, if you got him in the fifth, sixth round, he's probably your wide receiver three, right? Or maybe a wide receiver two, but you have a really good wide receiver one where you can risk those big weeks. But if you're relying on McLaurin as your wide receiver one, that's a, that's a tough eat, but you got to make those tough decisions to be able to win yourself championships. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's probably not somebody that you're starting with over, like an over overabundance of confidence, but he's somebody that you're, you're just hoping kind of carries the day for you Yeah, because he does have that potential for sure. 
he's got to readjust your expectations, right? Like he's that wide receiver too with upside, I guess is a good way to think about it. You can't go into that expectations that he's going to be able to carry your team. Um, next up here on the old uh, duds list, let's hear Zach's. All right. So uh, Brandon Ayuk was my dead of the week. Uh, he did put up seven points, which for somebody that made was more, was more likely than not a flex play or a wide receiver four, maybe wide receiver three for you. That's not the worst that could have happened. You could have started Terry McLaurin. Um, so let's take the knife out of my back there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I was somebody that I had high hopes for Ayuk uh, this week, especially. I know that we all kind of felt good about him going into the season, but he was somebody that I had very high hopes for this week. This was the week that I thought there's no Debo Samuel. Let's see what Ayuk can do on his own. And uh, clearly all of the attention, all of the targets went to Kittle. Um, Kittle had nine targets or rather nine receptions and Ayuk had three receptions uh, on six targets for, for only 55 yards. So Right now, Ayuk is somebody that you're probably not starting with, with much confidence, if at all. And it's unfortunate because he was somebody that I think we all could agree on. We yep. thought is somebody that was mm-hmm. looking at a potential breakout this year. Yeah, I agree. I, uh, I made the same thing. I thought this was the week. You know, I put him in the lineup and benched T. Higgins. And, oh, boy, it might cause me. It might oh, yeah. might, might cause a loss this week for that me. That couldn't but... go much worse for you because Higgins had a – he showed out. That's two weeks in a row he's been on my bench with 22 points. I just got to learn my lessons here. But, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's been a tough go. I mean, Armin, we don't, have to, we don't have to talk to you too much about this. This is one of your my guys. You had high hopes. You're starting to resurge a little bit here. But this was the this is the opportunity we could have maybe – did a little bit of a victory lap it's just uh, it's too bad you know uh i i'd say the season's not over for him yet at least sure. it wasn't uh like seven points not great 55 yards though is is a performance that he's not gonna go and say i played like crap himself right so um looking at it from the football sense he just one week where he doesn't blow up but I think he he still has hopes for the rest of the season, but definitely not a guy you can rely on in fantasy at the, this year. Especially at the pinnacle point of the season, where now the money's on the line. You're you're if you're in the dance, it's it's a gutsy call to make because yeah, he's he's been hit and miss, and more more misses than he's been hits. But speaking of which, you want to talk about your dud of the week? Yeah, this guy I I've uh, been banging his drum for the last few weeks, and then this week he kind of let me down, but I'm. I'm expecting a bounce back week this week because he, uh, I think he's got a bit better matchup. But uh, Darnell Mooney, only 5.2 points, five receptions for 27 yards. Um, he he's taken over the lead receiver role in this in this team and the Bears. But uh, against Arizona, that that defense uh, was just swarming. Dalton, he couldn't really get any deep passes or any intermediate passes really. And, and you look at uh, David Montgomery stats from the week and that just tells you the story right there that all Dalton could do is check down, check down, check down. Right. So uh, Mooney, he'll bounce back here. It's against green Bay next week and green Bay, I think doesn't have as good of a defense as Arizona does, especially in that secondary. For sure. Um, all, all Dalton could do was really just throw interceptions. <laughs> That's all he's been able to do his whole career in the last five years. I think that poor guy. Oh man. Um, 
throwing this throwing this out here uh have either of you guys seen adam shafter's tweet from 15 minutes ago of like what buffalo looks like right now no, no I, I haven't seen the tweet but i have seen the notification from bleacher report it sounds like it's a whiteout yep. which um it has me feeling those uh those first date jitters i don't know how it's going to go on the one hand uh Mac Jones from Florida, from Alabama, probably not a huge cold weather guy, but at the same time, the Buffalo Bills are built around that passing attack and uh, Singletary and Moss do not scare me in the bit. And then what about Brita? I'm going to say, what about (laughs) Brita? I stand by what I said. Fastest man in the league. Um, Oh man. You got to think this plays into your Pat's hands big And then that's, that's the next thing. Like you think about the Pat's strengths and it's, it's defense and it's, uh, and it's Stevenson and it's pounding the rock. So hoping, hoping this is, uh, you know, a little extra advantage for the Pats, but uh, we'll, we'll see in a couple hours, I guess. This is, little heads up this is why we're recording so early so zach can just sit on his couch with full concentration no distractions and you don't hear zach dropping 16 f-bombs on the podcast in frustration of what what could happen in this game hey zach this week then uh stevenson or harris i would probably venture i think this is like a this is a gotta have it game right now the pats are the one seed in the afc east and they're fending off the bills play the bills twice now in the next four weeks. And this is definitely a got a habit game for that coveted first round buy. Now that only one team gets it, you definitely need to have that, uh, that one seat, I think, or you yeah. want to have that one seat for sure. So this is a got a habit game and you go with your stud. Yeah, that's a uh, man. That weather looks terrible. Hammer the under. First of all, if you're, if you're betting, you got to hammer the under on that. That's weather is just awful. But, go um, straight Keanu Reeves in uh, hardball. <laughs> just phone your bookie right now yeah yeah auto on the phone the only thing the only thing worse than that weather i think was rashad bateman's week well if we started him and that was a fact (laughs) yeah that's Uh, one of the reasons why armin might beat me there even though he uh he played uh an injured hurts i played a healthy bateman and they put up the same points so (laughs) (laughs) oh man okay well let's uh let's continue on the merry way here um quick little plug um, I know if you're uh, doing some last minute Christmas shopping like I am, um, what better way to uh, fill the stocking stuffer with some of the new Limitless gear that they've got? Not only Limitless gear, but he's been taking on a lot of products from uh, from around small like uh, small products or small companies that are kickstarting kick self in Saskatchewan, especially around Prince Albert area. Uh, so he's he's loading up his uh, his storefront there with a lot of new Saskatchewan products. Uh, so obviously you can get down there and you can get your Limitless gear. Uh, with some new products he's putting out there or or the old classics you can get for the Christmas season or you can find yourself with some new 306 products as well that uh, that he has available in the storefront. So Limitless Gear, a brand about bettering yourself and believing that possibilities are endless if you set your mind to it. A little bit of last minute Christmas shopping, find yourself down on uh, Central Avenue in Prince Albert or online Limitless Gear. Uh, fill, up those, fill up those stockings in the uh, Christmas gifts this year, Limitless Gear. Um, we'll make our way into the Canadian player profile for week number 14, uh, recapping last week. We, uh, we covered, uh, Neville Gallimore, uh, defensive tackle from Dallas, where we talked about whether with the QB change with the saints, whether they'd be able to surpass the, uh, uh, 340 yards of offense against the Cowboys defense. 
They ended up putting 252 in the air and 153 on the ground for 405. I bought arm and sold. So that makes me eight, six to three. I I'm starting to uh, get a comfortable lead here now after sweating it out against Armin there for a little bit, but we'll, uh, we'll focus on our, our Canadian player profile week number 14. We have Anthony O'Claire, uh, tight end from Houston, uh, from the Texans. So born on May 28th, 1993 in Notre Dame de Penn. I'm assuming I pronounced that wrong in Quebec. Uh, he is six foot six, 256 pounds. Uh, he ended up playing his post-secondary ball at Laval University in Quebec there from 2013 to 2016, where he appeared in 32 games, had 55 receptions, 769 yards, and four TDs. In 2017, he, he was drafted in the CFL, 30th pick overall in the fourth round to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. But in May, on May 1st of 2017, he signed a free agent deal to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, with the Buccaneers in 2020 season, he won the Super Bowl against Kansas City Chiefs, so uh, earned himself a ring with Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then this past offseason, he signed a free agent deal with the Houston Texans, where uh, he is now currently with the Texans as well. He, his career statistics, he's played in 51 games, 13 receptions, 118 yards, and two touchdowns as well. So for a buy-sell question of this, uh, this the week 14, uh, buy or sell will Claire and the rest of the receiving options in Houston surpass their season average of 182.5 receiving yards against the Seattle Seahawks, especially now with a quarterback change. Once again, uh, we'll start with uh, Zach. You didn't get to do this last week. Zach, are you going to buy or sell this? Smash it, buy it right now. Yeah, uh, receiving yards. It's all, all receiving yards coming from Houston here. <laughs> yep. I'm taking it. Um, you look at how the Texans have played um, different types of ball with their different quarterbacks this year. Um, Tyrod Taylor is the athletic kid that you played elementary football with at recess. He's not <laughs> chucking the ball. He's, he's waiting until that rusher puts down his arm and see you later. He's running the ball. All right. Tyrod Taylor is definitely more of a runner than he is a passer. Uh, Davis Mills, if he starts him in that long neck of his, they are not <laughs> runners. They are passers. That's how, he, Davis, that's how he sees over the old line. Absolutely. <laughs> Davis Mills, uh, week 368 yards, week five, 312, week six, 243, week eight, 310. Um, I definitely think he has it in him. Davis Mills, that is has it in him to put up at least 182 receiving yards against that poor Seattle Seahawks team. Um, listen to a really interesting podcast this weekend that uh, by the ringer um, that detailed the downfall of the Seattle Seahawks and um, somebody that's not a diehard dedicated fan. It was very interesting to hear all of the decisions that have gone into that team going from like a, perennial contender for a few years there to just being the basement of the nfc it's uh where's a listen to you if you guys have the the time to i'll have to go i'll have to go find that one armin what are you gonna do you know i'm uh gonna do the same as zach i'm gonna buy here i think uh houston will surpass that season average like you said with uh mills he convinced me with that argument um, also 182.5 yards that's pretty easy to surpass you know like it 
I know they're not great, obviously, if they're averaging that per, per week, but uh, that's also with the Tyrod Taylor weeks in there as well. So, um, and then the Seattle Seahawks defense is just Swiss cheese some days. So what if I, uh, what if I switch this to 200 yards? Are you guys still buying? Yeah. Can't do that. That's not how the game works. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying <laughs> I'm buying it too. So we're all, we're all three buying. I'm trying to get a little bit of uh, a little bit of a uh, shake up here. 200 yards. You're still doing it. I'll take, I'll take the great neck mills for sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, we're all buying then. I'll, I'll buy it as well. I, I think before I, when I made this original one there were the Tyrod Taylor news hadn't broke. So there was still that uh, little bit of, well, is it going to be Tyrod? Is it going to be mills? You don't really know. Uh, I think part of the decision-making process too is obviously I'm buying as well with you guys too, but I think going into this too is uh, in week 13, they uh, David Johnson was un- unable to play or, so I'm thinking that with the ability to check the ball down to a pretty good receiving back, I mean, he obviously is not the David Johnson of old, but he is, he has the ability to be able to catch the ball. So I'm going to buy it as well with you guys too. So might as well keep, what uh, if we did the Seahawks passing yardage average? What is, what is that? Oh, I don't know. I have to find it. <laughs> Let's I'll see. see I think I have it right here actually. Opponent well, passing per game, 275. Oof. No, 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 I'm selling no. that. There's zero chance that they're going to pass for 275 yards. Oh, man. Yeah, it's the, remember, it's the Houston Texans we're talking about here. So what's in between yeah. there? Two, 250, 230? Yeah, oh, like still. 230. Still, no. Like, Davis Mills could have two necks. I'm not taking that. No. <laughs> Three-headed monster. still not passing for that. Yeah. I, I'd buy 230. I'd buy 230. Oh, man. Okay, let's get it going here so Armin doesn't miss practice. <laughs> uh, we got weekly previews, teams coming back here off buys. Uh, we got Carolina Panthers, Cleveland Browns, Green Bay Packers, and Tennessee Titans are welcome back. Teams going on to the bye week. We have the Indianapolis Colts, Miami Dolphins, New England Patriots, and the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, so last week, we had a couple, a couple uh, starts and sits that ended up going well, a couple that not so much. But uh, we'll see if we can hit the nail on the head here, especially in a very pivotal week, number 14. So the boys have some uh, good pieces of advice to uh, try and help you get over the hump. So the first one we'll start with is Armin's full stream ahead here, his streaming quarterback of week number 14. All right. First off, I want to say anyone who listened to me on Mac Jones, hearing about the weather today, sorry about your luck. And sorry that it (laughs) ended up being the Monday night or two. You might rush one in maybe. We'll see. Yeah. Get, get those, get those uh, rushing stats up. Hey, you'll be a rushing quarterback by the end. Yeah. Of the year. But my, uh, my digs take <laughs> is looking pretty good now of yeah. uh, him being a sit. All right. So my full stream ahead this week is I'm going Cam Newton. He's playing Atlanta. So a weaker defense and that rushing platform for Newton should be able to uh, get him some extra points as well. And he's only owned on 40% of leagues on sleeper. Um, so that's who I'm going with. Taysom Hill could also be a little um, extra if Newton's not available. Go, go with Hill. Go with a, a safe bet there. Um, and then my uh, start of the week is Josh Jacobs versus Kansas, Kansas City. Their rush defense has been pretty weak this year. They also, uh, part of the reason is they like to put in their backup defensive linemen every once in a while, and that makes them susceptible to some big runs. Um, so look for Josh Jacobs to have a big week and 
hopefully uh, be that workhorse. So that's why I was uh, saying that at the beginning of the week or at the beginning of this episode too, is I'm buying into that. And then I'm going to continue hating on David Montgomery here and have him as my sit of the week. Um, He's playing green Bay. I said, they don't have a great uh, passing defense, but um, they do have a fairly strong uh, run defense, I think. So um, David Montgomery is going to be held up a little bit. And if you look at uh, historically this year, after a big game, he typically ha- doesn't have a great game. Um, I, I hate saying it this week, though, because Montgomery did look good against Chicago, or, uh, this, this last week here. He actually looked explosive. He was hitting the hole hard and everything. But um, I think uh, from having such a large workload of 30 touches this last week, um, he's going to be a little tired. He won't be as explosive this week against a uh, – a decent run defense and they'll be playing from behind. So they'll be passing the ball more. I just can't see the bears moving the ball without them. <laughs> They're just Rooney, oh, what Rooney. <laughs> like, remember, remember how competitive the NFC North used to be. And it was like, there's one bad team. And the other three were just electric to watch. I mean, the yeah. bad team is usually the lions, but um, so I don't know what that's like, but man, that, that division is just not fun to watch right now. I thought Minnesota was going to find their way into the playoffs there, but I'm having second thoughts. I was having hopes for a bit, but uh, it, uh, I'm, I think the season's done. I'm not, not buying Vikings making playoffs, although I'll continue to cheer for them till the end. And uh, I'll have a little bit of hope, but <laughs> like a 1% hope. There you go. Um, uh, let's go Zach. Let's hear your start of the week. Armin, you're, t- you're wheeling out here or what? Yeah, heading out to practice. Uh, have a good one, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, hope you guys don't beak me too much as I leave here. <laughs> we uh, we had to try and do be creative here because with a Monday nighter and then I'm I'm working Tuesday night. We had to be creative, so uh, Armin was gracious enough to record right before practice. We got we got his content, <laughs> and so it worked out well. Uh, Zach, your start of the week. I can't believe Jordan that you looked back fondly to the. Uh the former powers that be of the NFC North, as if you're looking back fondly at the years of like Kyle Orton for the uh, Chicago bears or like Jay Cutler. Yeah, man, he, he, man, he had a tough Jay Cutler, you know, like, I mean, he was never elite quarterback by any means, but man, oh man, he was just like always the neck was on the chopping block. Poor guy. Some of my favorite uh, memes in high school were him ripping heaters on the sideline <laughs> like photoshop those in yeah oh man so good all right uh this week i am looking at starting elijah moore um he is somebody that i've been starting quite a bit actually um the past several weeks um this week against new orleans uh elijah moore is going up against the pass defense that's bottom third in the league in points per game as well as bottom third in the league in passing yards allowed per game so this isn't exactly a formidable defense that the Jets are going against, <laughs> but uh, don't get me wrong. The Jets aren't exactly a, a force either, but without Corey Davis, I think this offense now runs through Elijah Moore and Elijah Moore is somebody that I'm very, uh, very excited about. Unfortunately, in place with the Jets, of course, but uh, he's somebody that this time next year might be one of those receivers that, uh, you draft in the mid to late rounds of your redraft league and 
And he's somebody that you're thinking, holy smokes, I can't believe I got him as like the 30th receiver off the board. Yeah, in keeper leagues, if you have him, you are absolutely licking your chops because he was like a last second throw in for a lot of people in the in the draft season. So yeah. He um he's had he's had some big weeks. He's definitely making names still. And we talked about it on the podcast quite a bit. Uh um that it, the wide receivers, rookie wide receivers, you're looking at the second half breakout, right? We've we've seen it historically, and we're starting to see it again this year. There's some of these second half, second half receivers that are starting to have big weeks. Like it's um that's why we've encouraged in the draft season not to go all in on those rookie wide receivers, try and trade for them later on or try and get them off the waiver wires. And uh, we're starting to see uh, see why that is now, especially with some of these some of these big big games that they've been putting up. So, um, my start of the week, I'm going to be uh, going with the uh, running back from the Minnesota Vikings. That is Alexander Madison. Uh, Dalvin Cook, I'm expecting to be out again. They're expecting to miss uh, quite a bit of time, so I can't imagine he will be back this week. And he has a juicy matchup against Pittsburgh. Even if the run defense was pretty stout, I would still be playing Madison as uh, he is the only guy in town, and he is a very, very capable running back. But Pittsburgh, uh, their run defense is one of the worst in the league, averaging 19.8 points uh, to fantasy running backs. Now, obviously, that's could be split backfields or what so have you, but uh, Madison is the lone man in town, and he had himself a heck of a week this past week. Uh, so I am looking at him continuing that trend and being able to put up points, especially with vacated targets from Adam Thielen. So they're looking at somebody that's going to have to be able to help put up points on the board. And Adam Thielen was making hay in the red zone. So look at somebody else to be able to potentially step up. And uh, that very well could be Alexander Madison getting it done on the ground. So I will be starting Alexander Madison with a great deal of confidence, especially against a uh, defense that does quite poorly against uh, against fantasy running backs. So Alexander Madison will be plugged into my lineup. Uh, Zach, you want to uh, hit off your sit of the week? Yeah, for sure. I uh, So I gave a little bit of stats there for the reasons to start Elijah Moore. And this sits more just based on the evidence at hand and uh, some gut feelings. I am sitting DJ Moore. And I'm going to probably be sitting DJ Moore for the foreseeable future. Um, regardless of who's that quarterback, whether it's four interception Newton or uh, PJ Walker, I don't know. Neither one of them are exactly inspiring confidence in the past game. And then you look at uh, two days ago, or maybe yesterday, actually, um, the Panthers fired their offensive coordinator coming out of the bye week, which is very curious. I think in my mind, if you make that move, you make that move going into the bye week. So you have two weeks to kind of, get that other, that new coordinator up to speed, but instead they wait until they're coming off the bye to fire their coordinator. And then I've read reports over the past couple of days that said one of the reasons why they gassed Joe Brady was that Matt Rule, the head coach, uh, really wanted 30-plus rushing attempts per game. And the last game the Panthers played, they only had 14 rush attempts so I'm thinking if uh, if this new coordinator, the new play caller, if he's, you know, maybe he wants this job going forward and maybe he's hoping that Matt Rule likes him, he's, I wouldn't be shocked if they really pound the ball with Chuba. And, uh, you know, taking all that into account, I, I just can't see DJ Moore having 
a very prolific week, uh, even against a far from stellar uh, Atlanta Falcon defense. Yeah, that team is looking like a uh, it's turning into a bit of a dumpster fire at this point. But losing Chris McCaffrey is never a good thing. When your offense is surrounded by a superstar like that, it's obviously tough. But when your offense was struggling to begin with, and you were just relying on him to carry carry you to the promised land, and now it's obviously you're seeing the deterioration of that team. Going back to Cam Newton, you thought you they had their savior, but I mean. One trick pony isn't going to get it done in the NFL, unfortunately. For fantasy, it's great. Uh, like we talk about, you get four interceptions, but you get 100 rushing yards. Life is good. Um, but uh, for for, the, for NFL purposes and for somebody to have to distribute the ball in the passing game, uh, it's going to be hard for DJ Moore to be able to catch the ball when you're when you're airing out four picks on a consistent basis. I I don't know any Panthers fans, but it has to be frustrating. You would think um, as a fan. You're, you're in a prime spot in the draft in April, last April. Uh, you're in a spot that all throughout mock draft season, all throughout the offseason, people have been mocking one of the quarterbacks, either Lance, Jones, or Fields to your team. And you're, you're thinking, okay, like we're going to get our guy. We're going to get a franchise guy here. And then you trade a couple of, like good picks, not a first over or not a first rounder, but like two seconds for Sam Darnold. Yeah. I'm like, okay, like maybe, maybe we get like a Tannehill transformation here, uh, get him out of Adam Gase's system and maybe he turns it around. Maybe this is a guy that Matt Rule and Joel Brady really covet. And then it just doesn't work out for him. Well, the worst then- part was, the worst part it was it did. They were three and oh. So you, and then the, I don't. <laughs> yeah. And then like, so you, you, you bring in a career loser, really like yeah. somebody that's never been proven to be a dependable game winner in Darnold and you pass on Justin Fields and then you pass on uh, Mac Jones, like two guys that are looking like they're pretty dang good quarterbacks. And now you're on quarterback three on the year yeah so well and you're gonna have a good pick this season but what the hell are you gonna do with it like there's no there's no i would say superstar quarterback prospects you know when you have a high pick like this last year if you had a top five pick and you needed a quarterback that was weighted in gold like look right. what san francisco paid to get Absolutely. into the quarterback round yeah this, this year i mean you could the first quarterback to go off the board could be could be in the 10th, the 10th overall with Pickett. Like who, who knows is Pickett even the the number one quarterback to come off the board? We don't even know. Like, uh, Dan or Dan Orlovsky's said it a few times. Mac Jones, 15th overall in this past draft. He would be the first overall pick. First overall no-brainer. Yeah, I yeah. agree. In this draft, not knowing what Mac Jones has done this yeah. year for the Pats, but just looking at that profile that he had coming out of Bama, he yeah. would have been the first overall pick. Yeah. Um I was really stoked that you brought up Kenny Pickett. Um, for those of you guys that do watch college football, Kenny Pickett might have had my favorite play from a non-Notre Dame player in it a was long time. Unbelievable. I uh was over at my dad's house last night and I showed him the play. And he's he's a just a you know, a true CFL fan, doesn't give a rats about college or about the NFL, but he I think he watched it four or five times and he was just giggling the entire time. Well, I watched it the first time when it was on Twitter 
And I'm like, why are they showing this clip? Like, whatever. Like, it was a good run. Like, I guess mobile quarterback, maybe they're showing. And all of a sudden, he starts to go down, and he's and he's running. I'm like, did I just watch that right? Like, I had to go back, watch it again. I'm like, first of all, how the hell did he do that? Like, yeah. to put yourself in that position where it looks like you're going down and still in full stride, you don't even skip a beat. It's like when you're paying, playing Madden and you you don't press the button hard enough and the, yeah. the game's like, uh yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Like, the first thing that came to my mind was, are they going to make this illegal? Is there going to find oh, a way? Like, sure. Like we're we're setting this rule up to protect you, and now you are you are basically construing this rule to trick the defenders so you can get more yards. I'm like, there's got to be a way that eventually they're going to make that that's illegal. If you make the motion like you're sliding, you're down where you are. But that's that's the first thing that my dad said after he kind of calmed down and stopped giggling. <laughs> He's like, if I played safety and that guy does that to me, I'm just taking his head clean off. Yep. Because you don't know. Yep. Like, is he going to go down and then you're going to get the the UR or is he going to fake me out and I'm going to be on a tweet for the next 30 years? Yep. It was, hey, we may never see it again, but it was uh, it was an awesome clip while we were yeah. at it. It reminded and, me of, remember, think, remember when we were coaching um, – and we had our quarterback to, uh, go to take a knee in the end zone. And we wanted him just to run around and burn as much clock as he could. And then he went to fake take a knee. And then everybody gave up. And he just ran and got the first down. <laughs> yeah. It was in Saskatoon. I can't remember who we were playing. but And then they were losing it. They're like, no, he went to take a knee. And they're like, oh, his knee never came down. It's like, ah, that's pretty chintzy. But I love it. That's the old Dan Marino play, I think. Yeah. yeah. Unreal. It's like when everybody was chirping Lawrence when he had his wedding pictures when he's proposing to his fiance. Like, yeah, his knee's <laughs> yeah. not down the play still live. <laughs> Unreal. Uh, we went off on like pretty good tangent there, but I'll uh <laughs> I'll share my uh I'll share my set of the week here after we had a pretty good conversation of nonsense. But yeah, if you haven't seen that Kenny Pickett uh video, you I'm sure you have if you're any sort of football fan, but you gotta go find it. It's it's uh unbelievable. Uh, my set of the week here, and I talked about this a little bit at the start, where you got to have the confidence to do this because this is a tough call, um, especially with the draft capital you you selected him with. But sometimes those tough calls are what's going to win you championships. Now, if you don't have a viable option, you can't do this. I'm not just saying just sit him at all costs. You have to have a viable option that you're going to put in. Like you have an Elijah Mitchell, plug him in, right? If you if you picked up Alexander Madison, plug him in. Even you know what Jamal Williams, if if Swift missed time again. Put him in over top of this player. So if you have if you have a viable option, I'd be sitting him. If you don't, uh, I mean, sometimes it's hard to find a, a starting running back, let alone uh, somebody that can put some points. But I'm sitting Ezekiel Elliott against the Washington football team. Now, this is going to be a huge game for both teams uh, with potential implications for to win the division on the line. They still have to play each other twice. So this is first of two meetings. Um, Dallas is eight and four, and Washington is six and six. Now, this is a huge game, and Ezekiel Elliott is nicked up. You've seen it last week. He did not look right. They talked about rumors that they were going to shut him down for a little bit to keep him healthy uh, for the playoff run. Then Jerry Jones came out and was like, no, you're running him in the ground. Like He is going to carry the load. Well, the only thing he carried was an average of like 1.3 a carry. Like it, he, he looked not good. Um, so let alone health in question. I would be very optimistic or sorry, I wouldn't be very optimistic here if I was a Ezekiel Elliott owner, which, which I am in a couple of leagues. Um, but he, he, he hasn't, hasn't looked great, but now to put into context, you're playing against a Washington football team, which is top four against, um, against running backs um, in the NFL. So a very, very tough defense. 
putting into perspective as well that there's divisional implications on this game. Um, I would be looking for elsewhere to be playing players. Like I, I, I think Zeke, it's, it's crazy to say your first round running back, you're sitting them in a make or break week. If you need to make playoffs, sit them. And that sounds crazy because it's Ezekiel. He has a possibility of putting up 25 points, but right now with Zeke's health in question, and with the surgence of C.D. Lamb and how great he's looked, they did a lot of tap passes and getting him into the what you call the running game. But it's those tap passes, like it's like a like almost like a jet motion type play. He's running the ball. Obviously, Pollard is getting a lot more touches. It just doesn't look great for him. And with a tough matchup, those are the types of decisions that can win you weeks and can win you championships. So um, we have him in our in our big in our sorry our charity league. We have a couple of viable options. That's something that we're looking at that very well we could be putting on the bench this week because of that tough matchup. So, um, I mean, <laughs> sit your first rounder, Zeke Elliott, but with the, <laughs> with the circumstances at bay here, I, I'd be putting them on my bench. That's a, that's a gutsy call. That's a, that's like one of those that you like to call a call your shot one, right? That's a, that's a Chihuahua. That's, that's good for you. It works out. I'm i uh, I'm going to give me a second here. I'm going to pull up his, his stats on all in the last couple of weeks, like he is nicked up. There's, is, there's been reports that he's, he's battling a couple injuries. They wanted to shut him down for a little bit. And then we expected maybe not even play this last Thursday. And then when Jerry Jones came, I think was on the Wednesday was like, no, we are going to absolutely <laughs> crush him with touches. I was like, all right, fire up Zeke, I guess. But like he, last week he had 5.7 points on 13 carries, 45 yards, but I think he averaged about three yards a carry. Uh, the week before that against the Raiders, he ended up getting 13.9, but he, because he had a score um, the week before that, it was 9.8. And then looking past that, it was pretty classic Ezekiel scores, 19, 11, there's a nine in there, but 15, 24, 20, 25. But these last little bits, I mean, if, with, if he didn't have that major against the Raiders, he's under 10 points week before that under 10 points. Um, this past week against the Saints, five points. It's not great. And and obviously the, the health is a contributor to that. But now with this tough matchup, there's a lot of things, a lot of cards stacked up against them. So it's, uh, like you said, call your shot. But that's uh, sometimes we talk about you got to make those moves to, to win games. So we'll see what happens. Oh, I might look like a donkey too. So I'm, I'm fully prepared <laughs> for that. <laughs> um, Zach's upset of the week last week. He uh, was back on the win column here with the Chargers and Bengals. I know he wasn't here to be able to tell you that, but I, I shared the I shared the uh, upset for him as, as he was away, but it was a good one. Uh, he is back in the win column, and he's looking to do the same again here week 14. So, Zach, let's hear your upset of the week. All righty. So this game I am hoping will be as entertaining uh, as that Charger-Bengal game was this week. Um, I am taking the Buffalo Bills as two-and-a-half-point underdogs against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The game is in Tampa Bay, so they do not have to worry about the current conditions that are happening in Buffalo next week. Um, that is to say, unless Tampa Bay experiences like a hurricane. <laughs> um, but looking at the Tampa Bay uh, strengths on defense, it is clearly their rush defense. Um, nobody's going to argue they got the second best rush defense in the league. Um, nobody right now can really rush on, or run on them. Fortunately for the Buffalo Bills, they don't want to rush the ball. Um, if they didn't have to run the ball, they probably wouldn't run the ball. Like watching them play, it's really Josh Allen is their starting running back, and the other guys are just there 
So Josh Allen can catch his breath, it seems. Yeah, or the red zone. That's basically yeah. it. So now the the weakness of the Tampa Bay defense has been the, the secondary. Right now they are, I think, 20th in the league, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, at 20th in the league in passing defense. Uh, mind you, they have improved health-wise from earlier on in the year. At the beginning of the year, they definitely dealt with a lot of injuries, but those guys have returned. But still, they're not as strong against the pass as they are against the run. And conversely, the Buffalo Bills, that's all they like to do is have the ball in Josh Allen's hands and let them spread it out. Um, this is a game that I'm very excited to watch, and I would not be surprised if it is one of those games that we'll be talking about, um, like Jordan does, uh, looking back fondly on that, uh, was it the, the Rams, Rams and, and the Rams and Chiefs from a few years ago, where it was like 50 points a piece, and it was just like a fantasy goldmine. Um, everybody's getting 20 points. Oprah's out there throwing out 20 points to everybody except for the Buffalo Bills running backs. It's going to be electric. Yeah, especially in a week where there's going to be a lot of teams win and get in, you know, or at least win to get maybe your uh, your bye week, you know, so if you have a bye week in your playoffs. But like, if you need a win to get in, you're going to be relying on these two heavy offenses, right? Like Tom Brady, going to be in your lineup. Um, you have obviously Godwin, Brown if he was healthy, but you're, you have a lot of, a lot of studs. Fournette, obviously, um, coming on strong and probably in a lot of people starting lineups from Tampa Bay. And then obviously in the Buffalo Bills, there's Josh Allen and a lot of receiving options, Stephon Diggs, uh, Cole Beasley in a pinch if you need him. You know, there's there's some pretty good weapons. Dawson Knox, mm-hmm. tight end streamer. Um, so there's going to be a lot of people that are relying on some big names that week. So if that game is a shootout like it is, it can get a lot of people over that hump. So that's yeah. – uh, and then and those was... are the ones those are the ones where you remember it, right, where, where they matter the most. Last year we talked about uh, – I don't know if you've ever even told the story. I keep saying we're going to tell the story. I don't know if we have where um, myself and Armin were in the playoff matchup last year, and it was uh, Baltimore versus uh, – who the heck was it? Baltimore and Pittsburgh? No, Baltimore and Cleveland, sorry it was. And it was the first week of the playoffs, and it was one of those just unreal football games. If you weren't even a fantasy owner, you just watched a football game. It was an incredible game. But then as soon as it implemented your, your fantasy week, it was just – it made it that much more memorable, and that's, I think, what this game is – setting up now every time we say that it ends up being a crap football game we're like oh man we were so let down but uh i just can't see it like this one right now tampa bay's offense is just clicking right like they're they looking really good and, and i can't imagine buffalo's defense is going to look good this or their offense is going to look good this week based on the the videos i've seen of that monsoon so maybe they'll be uh the receivers are going to be itching and they're going to want to air the ball so i i man i hope it's i hope that game is going to be unreal and, and with all that said, too, um, if you look at the teams that are on the bye for week 14, the Colts, the Dolphins, the Pats, and the Eagles, those are some pretty decent uh, tight ends that are going to be out of people's lineups. Uh, Gasecki, Hunter Henry, and uh, Goddard are all on bye this week. So if you're, if, you're, if you're the owner of one of those guys and you need to get a tight end for the week, you could do a lot worse than any of the tight ends that are on waivers that are going to be in that game. Yeah. Um, you just got to think there's going to be a lot of passing, a lot of points being scored. Uh, Dawson Knox, probably not going to be on your waiver wire. Uh, Gronkowski, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Um, but Cameron Bright, certainly going to be on your waiver wire. 
and Brait's good for a few receptions a game. Um, I think he got a touchdown that, this week, didn't he? He did, yeah. Yep. He's somebody that um, you'll see the Buccaneers score on your on the ticker on the bottom of the screen, and you're like, oh, it's got to it had to have been Evans, Godwin, Gronk, Ev- exactly. And Cameron Brait, two yard reception for a touchdown. It's like, oh, of course. Yep. Standard. Yeah. Breaks breaks your heart, but he could definitely win you a week if you're in a pinch, like Zach mentioned. So um i think that's uh pretty well does it for everything we got here eh, zach i would say so yeah this is a pivotal week everybody it's a final week of the regular season so hopefully like we said we got our fingers crossed for everybody hopefully it goes well for you um when we're recording next week we'll be prepping you guys for the fantasy playoffs and it's going to be do or die right we always talk about getting to the dance and anything can happen it's where you love to see the one versus eight upsets or whatever <laughs> what, what what have you right it's you get into the dance and anything can happen so Good luck to everybody that needs the W this week to get in there. And then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll share the good news and, and the good information that you need to, to get yourself over that quarterfinal and get yourself into some of the money rounds. So good luck this week, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for partaking in the, in the social media. We'll keep that pumping out for you, everybody. So uh, everybody of the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast, uh, hopefully you enjoyed the regular season because next week playoffs are here and the money's on the line. So good luck, everybody. Take care. Talk soon. Mm-hmm.